Good morning. Let's all stand and sing together this morning. Everybody falls sometimes. You gotta have the strength to rise from the ashes and make a new beginning. Anyone can feel the ache. You think it's more than you can take, but you were stronger, stronger than you know. Well, don't you give up now. The sun will soon be shining. You gotta face the clouds to find the silver lining. I see dreams that move the mountains. Hope that doesn't ever end, even when the sky is falling. I see miracles just happen. Silent prayers get answered. Broken hearts become brand new That's what faith can do It doesn't matter what you put Impossible is not a word It's just a reason For someone not to try Everybody's scared to death When they So much more than what your eyes are seeing. You will find your way if you keep believing. Dreams that move the mountains, hope that doesn't ever end, even when the sky is falling. I've seen miracles just happen. Broken hearts become brand new. That's what faith can do. Overcome the odds. You do have a chance. When the world says you can, it'll tell you that you can. I've seen dreams that move the mountains. Hope that doesn't ever end Even when the sky is falling I see miracles just happen Silent prayers get answered Broken hearts become brand new That's what faith can do That's what faith can do Even if you fall sometimes, you will have the strength to rise. This next song is a new, it's a new favorite of ours, and um, it's called I Wonder. We sang it one time before, but I want you to pay close attention. Um, right before the chorus, there's a thing called a pre-chorus, and that's my favorite part. It says, it feels like there's not enough praise inside of me. With all these words, 
all my heart can sing is holy. And I think that's the way we feel sometimes. We're just overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, and we just don't even know what to say. Words can't express the great love that we have for our Savior. Let's sing this together. At the stars in the night, I wonder At your lightning in the sky, I shudder Your glory is a blanket that covers every living thing I'm in awe at the majesty of who you are your love is a seal burnt inside my heart all of the day i want to be where you are holy father and it feels like there's not enough praise inside me with all these words all my heart can sing is holy you are holy Jesus Christ you bled your love laid down yourself and gave me life in
not with us this morning, and I'll fill you in in just a few minutes, but for now, why don't you greet one another, introduce yourself to somebody you may not know, and if the children would come forward for uh, our children's moments. Good morning, boys and girls. Are y'all having a good weekend so far? I'm so glad that there are so many of you here today because I want to talk to you about some things here that I brought. Who can tell me what they think this is? Ah, oh, you're smart. It is a branch. What about this? It's a stick, but this used to be a branch, too, on a tree. And it used to have beautiful leaves on it. Or if it came from a fruit tree, like an apple tree or a lemon tree or orange it, it might have even had an apple on it a green, peas tree. a green peas tree I'm not sure that peas grow on trees but maybe they do maybe they do but what do you think would happen if I took this branch right here or even this stick right here and took it outside and planted it and put it back in the ground and watered it what do you think would happen to it, it would grow. think it would grow what do you think, Caroline? You know, actually, if 
All right, if a branch falls off a tree, there's no way to bring that branch back to life. Or maybe there is, but I'm not a horticulturist, so I'm not really sure. But as far as I know, you can't take this and plant it back in the ground. It'll never, it'll never grow again. The leaves on this branch will never turn green again. They'll never produce fruit again. This one will never grow branches again. It's just dead, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And the same thing is true of our lives with Jesus. And I have a Bible verse that I want to read for you. It's kind of a long one, so I'm going to read it. I'm cheating a little bit and didn't memorize it today. But the verse says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So that means that just like the branch to the tree, the tree is what keeps the branch alive. It gives it nutrients and water, and it keeps it growing and producing fruit. So just like that, Jesus is what keeps our life growing. He keeps us strong, and he produces fruit in us and turns us into good people. So in order to grow up and to be strong, just like a strong tree, you have to stay connected to Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, will you bow your heads with me and pray? Dearest Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for bringing us all here together. Lord, help us to remember that just like the trees outside that we see, we need to stay connected to you so that we can grow strong and be good people. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning. Um, before I really get into any announcements, uh, I do want to let you have an opportunity to fill out a prayer card with a praise report or, or something that may be on your heart this morning that you don't mind being shared in front of the whole congregation. Um, the ushers will walk around. If you just raise your hand, if you would like one of those prayer cards, um, and they'll have a pencil and, and a note card for you. Um, we'll go ahead and get that started. Um, Arthur is probably right now rocking his first grandchild. Um, Audrey May was born on uh, Thursday morning at about 2 a.m. And Penny and Hillary were on the road at 2.01. Um, driving, this is the wild thing, driving to Valparaiso, Indiana. Arthur was running a fever and was sick. And so his plan was to fly up by himself later on which he did, and I am super impressed, because if you know Arthur, he does not like to fly at all. Um, so I can imagine how tense that was. So uh, already he's understanding what the love of a uh, grandchild uh, will make you do. Um, so uh, he's not with us this morning, um, but uh, we are glad to see everybody here. If you're a visitor with us, uh, call your attention to the visitor's table at the back. And if you have any questions, you can ask any of our ushers or myself or or others, um, and we're happy to have you with us this morning. We have a lot of things coming up this month in May. First thing is next week, the children's choirs will be presenting this entire service. The, both the preschool and the elementary children have been working on a music on musicals since January, really, and they are um, ready to perform. And so there'll be a stage up here next week, and they've got their parts memorized, and It'll be a Mother's Day celebration, and so I hope you'll join us for that next week. Um, let's see. We will have 
kids. We will have our last night of regular Sunday night programs tonight for the, for the summer. Um, starts again at 5.30, um, 7 p.m. for 5.30 to 7 p.m. And uh, mission kids and Bible study, first through fifth graders, are reminded of handbells with Miss Jessica. And I think that starts at 5. Is that right, Katie? Okay, so that's at 5 if you've been doing the handbells. Um, there's a Relay for Life table at the back. Um, and you can visit that table to see how you can support our mission kids in their spring mission project. Relay is actually just two Fridays away. Is that right? It's on the 18th. So uh, it's just two Fridays away. Um, today is the last day to buy cupcakes for a cure. So be sure and stop by and indulge. Uh, and it goes to a good cause. Um, and also on the 20th of May, we have another family outing um, here at Memorial. Uh, the last one was to a hockey game. And, and it turned out really well. And we're hoping the same kind of turnout will uh, happen for a Greenville Drive game on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and Katie needs to know by next Sunday, though, so we can reserve the tickets. The church has a block of seats in the reserve section that are going to be blocked off for us, but we do need to have a number, kind of head count by next Sunday. So if you're interested in doing that, I think the cost is $7 each. The game starts at 4.05, and so I imagine you leave here around 3.30 or so to get over there and park and everything. But if you're interested in that, see Katie and make sure she knows. Um, don't forget to register. Also, I think there's a table in the back. Registration for VBS has begun and is underway. Um, it is Operation Overboard this year. Uh, not, not a nautical theme, but a diving theme, I guess you'd say, for our curriculum. And uh, the VBS will be Sunday, June 3rd through Thursday, June 7th from 6 to 7.45 in the evenings. So if you're interested in that, please sign up and see Katie in the back again. Uh, one more thing, senior recognition is May the 20th. We'll be recognizing, what? Yeah, I'll, I'll announce the youth in a second. Thank you, Stu. But, um, yeah, I was saving the youth announcements to the end since, you know, that's kind of. But uh, anyway, senior recognition Sunday will be recognizing both high school and college seniors in the 11 o'clock service on May 20th. Um, and so I know if, if you have seniors, the church office is in need of information ab about what their plans are for the future, where they're going to college, or whether they've gotten jobs, or grad graduating with what degrees and whatnot. So if you have high school or college seniors graduating, please contact the church office. Um, there'll be a gift purchased as well, and their recognition will be on May 20th. Um, so I guess I had more than one thing left, Stephen. The youth are also selling tickets starting today and will be selling tickets every Sunday until June the 19th. We are having a dinner at Lorinda's to raise money for our mission trip to South Dakota this summer. Um, tickets are $10 for adults and $5 for kids. And you get uh, meat and three vegetables and dessert and a drink and salad. And it's the whole nine yards, um, looking for a big turnout. Lorinda does not open on Tuesday nights, and so this is something she's doing especially for us and our crowd. So I hope you'll buy your tickets. There's plenty of time, though, between now and June the 19th to do so. All proceeds do go towards our mission trip, though. Um, I, do, I believe that's everything. If, if the ushers would collect the prayer cards, if you'll raise your hands again. I'll go ahead and plug, you've got me this week um, by 
Arthur's absence, and then next week you'll have the children, and then the next week, um, the 20th, Bill Clute will be bringing the message as well. So I know you'll want to be here for these special occasions the next two weeks. Let's join our hearts together in prayer this morning. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you for the opportunity to lift you up in praise and prayer. Lord, we're thankful that when we join together in prayer, we are promised that you hear us. And Lord, we acknowledge this morning that you're already working in all of the situations that may weigh heavy upon our hearts. We ask only that you would show us your presence. Help us to feel where you're at work. And if it be your will, Lord, lead us, guide us, and use us as we offer ourselves as your hands and your feet in each of these situations. And so this morning we lift up to you some sons, and we ask that you would guide their choices in their lives. We lift up to you a friend whose brother needs your guidance. We pray for love and caring for Martha Gibson. We lift up to you eight-month-old Ryland Roberts in the hospital. And we pray for his family as well. We pray for Amy, who is fighting a severe infection. And we lift up our youth mission team and their trip in July. We pray for troops in harm's way and their families and loved ones. And Lord, we give you praise and thanks this morning for our mother's healing. These are our prayer requests this morning, Lord. And we offer them up in the name of him who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A glorious thought and a sobering reminder. The season of the church year that we're in right now is called Easter Tide, and it is traditionally a time when we look at the stories of Jesus' post-resurrection appearances. And there's some common themes that, that run throughout these post-resurrection appearances. Namely, that we are usually, along with the disciples, given a message of hope, but also a mandate. His post-resurrection stories give us usually a wonderful thing to think about as far as heaven and resurrection and all that goes. But they also remind us of our mission to spread the gospel. The commission Jesus gives his disciples is also a commission that we should take seriously if we want to be his disciples today. It reminds us of the responsibility that we bear for the spread of the gospel. These two elements are no more evident than in today's gospel. That's the reason for the sermon title, A Glorious Thought and a Sobering Reminder. Through this passage in Luke that we're going to read in a moment, I want you to see that we are given an opportunity to consider heavenly things such as the resurrected body 
And we're also reminded of the task which Christ gives us to spread the word. Thus we have an opportunity to consider both a glorious thought and a sobering reminder of our mission. Our text comes from the 24th chapter of Luke's Gospel, verses 36 through 47. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. The word of God for the people of God. First, let us examine how this scripture gives us an opportunity to consider a glorious thought. Jesus appears behind locked doors and it scares the pants off the disciples. They don't know what's going on. They think it's a ghost or a spirit. They're quite frightened. They disbelieve for joy, as the scripture says, which is kind of oxymoronic. But they're definitely taken aback by what happens. What clues could this passage possibly give us about the nature of the resurrected body? Jesus had to have appeared somehow. He didn't simply move through the walls. He just appeared. In the same way he had disappeared in front of the disciples on the road to Emmaus after he broke the bread. What is it about this resurrected body that allows Jesus to appear and disappear? The disciples are so scared that they don't really want to come close to him. So he says, come and see that it's me. Come and see and touch my hands. See the scars where the nails were. See my feet, that it's really me. It's, I'm, I'm here. I'm real. I'm not a ghost. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones. They still don't believe. And so he says, fine then. Give me something to eat. And he eats a piece of fish in, in front of them. And, and some uh, texts that we have also say he eats a piece of fish in a honeycomb in front of them to prove that he has a physical body. This is very important that the disciples understand that he has a physical body. And it doesn't, you know, I, I imagine like you've seen the old cartoons where some the ghost drinks something and you see all the liquids or everything going down through it. That's not what happened or the disciples would have been even more scared. He had a literal physical body. How is this the case? How will our resurrection body look? What will it be like? The only clues we have are Jesus and what his resurrection body looked like and acted like. Because the scripture says that we, he is but first fruits and we will follow after him. One day we will be like him. 
I don't think it's the least bit a stretch for us to dwell upon this a little bit longer this morning. This is the glorious thought that we will have a physical resurrected body. Although we know we now live in a fallen world, sometimes we cling to this world and we don't really want to dwell on these glorious thoughts about heaven too much. Something about this world keeps us here. Some of us fear moving on to our eternal dwelling place sometimes. There's an old song, old country song called, If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Texas. And the next line is, well, I don't want to go. Implying that there are certain things about this fallen world that still hold our attention and keep us grounded here. I can assure you that heaven is a wonderful place. But each of us have certain things on this earth that we want to believe will take place in heaven. For Jesus and the disciples, I believe one of those things was eating. He wanted to share meals with them. At the Last Supper, he tells them, I'm not going to eat this meal again. I'm not going to drink of this cup again until I do so new with you in the kingdom of heaven. He talks all the time about a heavenly banquet and a feast. The book of Revelation tells us that there's a marriage supper for the Lamb and His bride, which is the church. Eating will occur, and I believe in a physical way, which is good news for many of us. Yeah, I see some people saying, yay, that's right. I hope there's eating. What do you hope there is in heaven? Maybe some fried chicken? You know? What, what, have you ever thought about that? What will there be? Sometimes it's nice for those of us who have placed our faith in Christ and received the reward of eternal life to consider what that eternal life is going to be like. All things on this earth are not bad. As a matter of fact, God says that most of them are good if they're used properly. And food is one of those. And so it's safe for us to consider that this morning. I like thinking about what kind of meals we might share with Jesus. What kind of drinks will there be? Perhaps the age-old debate will finally be settled. And Coke will win over Pepsi. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Jesus thumbs up and winking with a Coke. I'm not sure who came up with that idea. but Getting back to the scripture for today, another thing besides this eating that we might want to consider is the nature of Jesus' resurrected body. It's so important that we understand this glorious thought that the Apostles' Creed contains a line. We believe in the resurrection of the body. The reason for that is because we wanted to say, or the early church wanted to say, we believe there will be a physical resurrection. Not just some spiritual existence, but a physical body like Jesus had. Now, we could really strain our brains and try and wrap our minds around how this is going to take place. We really could. But let it just be enough for us this morning to consider the fact that we will have a whole healed physical body in heaven. Some have postulated that the fact that Jesus appears in and out of you know, these rooms and just disappears and appears with uh, ease would suggest that perhaps there's some sort of other dimension to heaven. That it's more like interdimensional travel. I don't know. Again, we could really rack our brains trying to think about that. But we all do know that as we grow up, we realize that heaven is not up there somewhere. We now have telescopes and everything. We know that it's some other place, but we can't see it. 
So perhaps it is in another dimension or another realm or, or maybe it's closer than we think. So close that Jesus can travel in and out of it very easily in a physical way. Without giving us a headache, we just need to consider the fact that this resurrection body, this whole thing, this whole glorious thought of heaven holds a lot of mystery. But it's good mystery, mystery that is sure not to disappoint. It is indeed a paradise, as Jesus told the thief on the cross. As we move on in our scripture, though, we are quickly reminded by the passage that this glorious thought is only made possible through Jesus' suffering and death and resurrection. There was a price that was to be paid to allow us to think about this glorious thought, to allow us to be assured that we will have an eternal place with him. I fear that we have neglected an integral part of the gospel message. And so today we have a sobering reminder that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name. We're pretty good at preaching about forgiveness of sins. We offer that to many. We want others to experience the grace and love and mercy of Christ. But unfortunately, I feel like we have oftentimes withheld a very vital part of the gospel message. Repentance is something that is essential to the forgiveness we offer. And we are to offer this repentance in the name of Christ as well. And that is the sobering reminder this morning. It's a difficult task for the church to tell people what's right and what's wrong in today's society where tolerance is preached on every corner. Repentance is something that we as the church must reclaim. The idea that there is a right and a wrong and that people need to turn around is an important thing they need to hear. John the Baptist came preaching repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus came preaching repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And if you read the apostles' message all throughout Acts, it's repent for the kingdom of God has come. We as the church have neglected to tell people about repentance. And no, we should not do so in a bitter way or in a way that beats them over the brow. So it is up to us to figure out graceful ways in which to teach repentance in Christ's name. Yes, there is forgiveness of sins, but it must come with repentance. The scripture today says, preach repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name. Now, it is important that we understand this repentance is not viewed as works. For salvation and forgiveness are by faith alone. So what is the key to this repentance that we talk about if it's not works? It is repentance in his name. What does that mean to preach repentance in the name of Christ? I believe that since it cannot be works because we're not saved off of anything we do, then it has to be based on our belief in repentance. Our belief in sin. Repentance is about telling others that our sin offends God. Throughout the Bible, 
People are not allowed in God's presence because of His holiness and their sin. Some, even in the Old Testament, are consumed by the fire that comes from the temple because they have approached a holy God and are sinful. Sin cannot be in God's presence. This belief is central to the gospel. If we don't tell people this and allow them to continue down the road they are going, we do them a great disservice. Because there's no amount of work they can do to earn salvation. There's no scale of good and bad in our lives. Sin separates people from God. And in order to receive true forgiveness, they need to understand true repentance. And true repentance in the name of Christ means that they believe that sin deeply offends God, that it hurts Him, and that Christ has paid the ultimate price to pay for that, to bring them closer. He bridges this gap with His work on the cross. The word repentance means to turn around, and we as disciples are to be proclaiming forgiveness and repentance of sins. Again, this is not works, but it is faith. It is belief in the badness, in the ugliness, in the offensiveness of sin towards God. So much so that people are willing to turn from the direction they're headed back towards Him, where they may embrace the forgiveness that Christ has secured for them on the cross. It is not through their, their repentance that they are forgiven. It is because they understand forgiveness and the nature of sin that they turn back towards God. I worry that we may not be faithfully living out this call, at least in our American society today. Are we still in the business of telling people what is acceptable and what is not acceptable to God? As the Ten Commandments are being challenged on a national level, taken out of courtrooms, are we busy trying to find ways to defend them or keep them in? Or are we busy trying to find new ways that we're going to proclaim God's truth to the people? I think perhaps we have relied on the government and others to do the job of telling people what's right and wrong for too long. The church needs to resume the mantle of being the moral compass and telling people that sin hurts God. So much so he sent his son to die for you and for me. And that that's serious stuff. And that repentance and forgiveness are an integral part of the gospel message. On this day, we are challenged by both a glorious thought and a sobering reminder. And isn't that the way that our Christian walk is as disciples? A mix of both happy times and sad times. A mix of enjoying life as it is, but also being reminded that there's a seriousness to this thing we call faith. I ask that you would embrace both today. Embrace this idea of heavenly existence. And perhaps it will motivate you and I to preach the whole gospel in hopes that everyone we encounter might meet us there in that heavenly realm. Amen. Will you stand with me as we respond to the proclamation of the word using our Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. be seated and if the ushers will come forward for the tithes and offering this offertory is a new song um, we want to share with you guys we um, we love it it's on the radio and we have just uh, grasped it and uh, taken hold and kind of running with it um, but it requires a little bit of your participation you'll know exactly what to do so just let's do it together Sometimes it feels like I'm watching from the outside. Sometimes it feels like I'm breathing. But am I alive? I will keep searching for answers that aren't here to find. All I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take this world and give me Jesus. This is not where I So the walls come falling down on me And when I'm lost in the current of a raging sea I have this blessed assurance holding me Not where I belong. Take this world and 
pretty good. Especially for Methodists. <laughs> well, stay standing and join us with this one. asking me how I can praise you with all that I've gone through. The question just amazes me. The circumstances possibly change who I forever am in you. Since my life has changed Long before these rainy days It's never really ever crossed my mind To turn my back on you, oh Lord My only shelter from the storm But instead, I draw closer through this time So I pray Bring me joy, bring me to be free, bring me anything that brings you glory. And I know there'll be days when this life brings me pain, but if that's what it takes to praise you, Jesus, bring Regardless of the clouds that may loom above, because you are much greater than the pain. You who made a way for me, suffering your destiny. So tell me, what's a little rain? So I pray, bring me joy, bring me peace, bring the chance to be free bring me anything that brings you glory and i know there'll be days when this life brings me pain but if that's what it takes to praise you breathe bring the There'll be days when 
thought of heaven in our minds, motivating us to fulfill the mandate Christ gives us to preach both forgiveness and repentance in his name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.